and welcome to the sixth and final episode of bilingualism, friend or foe. In the previous episodes, I have covered myths about bilingualism and confusion, cognitive delays, language delays, and language disorders. The last myth that I will be discussing in this episode is the belief that learning two languages at once causes poor academic achievement. That those who are learning two languages are at a disadvantage academically from their monolingual peers. If bilingual children receive lower grades from others, it could appear to some that it's the process of learning two languages that causes the lowered academic achievement. However, are bilingual children consistently performing below their monolingual peers? And if they are, are they eventually able to catch up? I'm about to dig into some of the research in this area. But before I start on some of the studies, like usual, I have a couple things that I want to discuss that are needed to set the stage. First, there are two types of language proficiency. The first type is called Basic Interpersonal Skills, otherwise known by the acronym BICS. This is everyday casual language. This is the language that you use when speaking to friends, peers, and in everyday interactions. In other words, this language is very colloquial. BICs take about two years to be acquired, according to the American Speech Language and Hearing Association. The other type of language proficiency is Cognitive Academic Language Proficiency, also known as CALP. This is language that is used in a school or educational setting. This language is specific to the classroom, such as the wording in textbooks and on tests. It typically takes about five to seven years to fully acquire these skills. So many times an individual can be fluent in their conversational skills, but the academic language is still developing. And this is not only seen in bilingual individuals, even for speakers who are learning one language take time to develop academic language proficiency. Many times bilingual individuals in the school setting are learning CALP skills in their non-dominant language. And it is not uncommon to see bilingual individuals struggling with academic tasks and homework. This is because academic language is harder to learn and takes longer to develop than conversational language. And imagine learning all of this in your non-dominant language, the language that you use less often. However, does this mean that bilinguals are always at a disadvantage for academic achievement? Perhaps not. There was a study conducted in 2018 that followed a group of students throughout 6th and 7th grade. Some of these students were emerging bilinguals and others were monolinguals. The researchers wanted to assess academic language growth in both of these groups. The CALP skills and reading comprehension of these students were assessed at the beginning of the study and emerging bilinguals scored lower on both measures compared to their monolingual peers at the beginning of 6th grade. However, by the end of 7th grade, the emerging bilinguals showed the same rate of growth as their monolingual peers. Further, an increase of CALP skills were associated with higher reading comprehension by the end of 7th grade. By the end of the study, the emerging bilinguals were not completely at the same academic level in academic language proficiency as their monolingual classmates. The authors suggest that a possibility for this was because the bilinguals were learning these CALP skills and performing these tasks in their non-dominant language compared to their peers who were learning them in their dominant language. 
However, these results show that the bilinguals had the same growth rate, so they were improving as much in these skills as their monolingual peers. Okay, so while academic language skills are still developing, bilinguals may need more time to perform at the level than their monolingual peers. But what about when they are developed? Do bilinguals and monolinguals perform at the same level? There was a study that set out to test this. Bilingual and monolingual students in a Greek Cypriot speaking school were assessed in their Greek language proficiency and academic achievement. There were no differences found in the academic performance of the bilingual and monolingual students. So they both were performing at the same level. An interesting aspect of this study, I thought, was that they asked the students how they thought they were performing compared to their peers. The bilingual students reported that they did not think that they were performing any better than their monolingual peers, and they also reported that they did not think they were performing at a lower level than their peers. I think this is important to take into consideration because many times the way we perceive ourselves can impact how we behave and any results we may or may not see. And I think a huge part of that support that students receive is from teachers and from educators, which can help shape their academic achievement. As I have discussed, bilingual students may initially be slightly behind their monolingual classmates. However, barring any language or cognitive delays, these individuals can and do catch up to their monolingual peers and can perform equally at high academic levels. Part of this is due to the development of their CALP skills, which may take longer to acquire in one's non-dominant language. But another really important aspect of this is the support that teachers and educators can give to bilingual students. There are ways in which teachers can modify their classrooms to support the success of these bilingual students. One way is to have an environment that is inclusive to all students. This can help them feel welcome and comfortable in front of their peers and teachers. Incorporating interactive activities for students can also help bilinguals. Learning is an active process and the more opportunities that students have to practice spoken, written, colloquial, and receptive language, the more they are able to learn the language. Having students listening to a lecture all day where they do not get to practice the language and interact with others doesn't give them those same opportunities. Another way that educators can help bilingual students is to make instructions and expectations explicitly clear. Teachers who do this are not concluding that all students know expectations because of a shared cultural assumption. Explicitly outlining behaviors that are appropriate make it clear to everyone what is expected of them and if they do not understand, students will hopefully feel comfortable asking either a classmate or the teacher what they do not know, which again is another opportunity to engage and learn the language. Educators can also be vital in being supports for these bilingual students. Whether this is making modifications in their classrooms, which benefit all students, not just bilingual students, or being advocates for bilingual students and connecting them with the resources they may need, such as additional in English instruction or speech therapy services. The point that I'm really trying to make here is that bilingual students, yes, they may initially be performing at a lower level academically than their monolingual peers. 
And this could be due to the fact that they have to learn academic language, which takes several years to acquire in their non-dominant language. However, they can be supported by teachers and educators, and they can come to perform at high levels academically, just like their monolingual peers once these skills are developed. So now that I have discussed five myths relating to bilingualism, is bilingualism a friend or foe? I'm going to leave that question open to you and you can make a decision on that. There are a couple of things that I hope are taken away from this podcast. First, as I think I've mentioned in almost every episode, every person, every child is different and their development, whether cognitively, academically, or relating to their language is going to vary from one individual to the next. So I'm not claiming that all bilinguals do not experience confusion that they don't have cognitive or language delays or a language disorder, or that they all excel academically. Because there certainly are individuals who are bilingual that do experience cognitive delays, language delays, or disorders. At the end of the day though, each person is different and they are going to be unique in their capabilities. Second, I hope that some of these commonly held myths surrounding bilingualism are called into question. Perhaps when hearing or reading about effects bilingualism has, taking a moment to consider what the argument is and maybe seeking out information that contradicts it and not just assuming that it's true. Lastly, I hope that you learned something and maybe are now interested in bilingualism and how we are capable of learning two or more languages. I know that I personally find it really interesting and intriguing, and hopefully that was conveyed in one way or another. Thank you for listening to me over these last six episodes, and I hope you've taken something away from them. Gracias.